go. What's up, my dude? What's going on, man? How you doing? Dylan, brother, you know, life and whatnot. Yeah, in the corona days. Yeah, life during the time of corona. That's going to be the name of every fucking TV show that comes out in 2021. Dude, does it feel weird now, like, when you go back and watch old footage? Like, I say old footage, like, fucking eight months ago. But, like, <laughs> see shit that happened from before the corona stuff and, like, like just watching basketball games and seeing everybody in person and like nobody's wearing a mask and shit. I'm just watching like, people touch each other or share a drink. I'm like, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, man. Have you ever uh, have you ever had like any Corona type dreams since this whole thing has went down? No, mostly the only thing I've been having is Corona type fears, nigga. Like every time I get sick, every time I sneeze, every time I smoke weed, I'm like, wait a minute, shit, is that Corona? Mm-hmm. That might be Corona feel. I'll be panicking shit. The other day I got drunk and I was like, I don't feel so good. Like, I didn't even really get drunk. I had like a little bit of scotch. You know me. Like, I don't really drink that much as it is. Yeah. But I drank like just a little bit. And then I was in a pool and it was hot, you know, hottest day of the fucking, you know, ever and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. It's been bad. And I was like, oh shit, am I dying? Because like Sophia has Corona and we had. We Is were, she? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking. I was just texting her. I don't feel my heart beating super fast, but that's it. Yeah. But like, we were just hanging out, you know, like, like a week before she had, you know, got sick. And I was like, well, it takes two weeks. So do I have it? Oh, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm like asymptomatic though, you know, and then like somebody yeah. else I know has it now. And there's another, somebody I work with, their kid has it. So it was like, fuck, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's getting closer. It's but no, as far as dreams go, no, I think in my dreams, I typically like just ignore everything in the real world. You know, what about sense. you? You had any? I had one. It wasn't, it wasn't like specifically a Corona type of dream, but it was one where there was like these bouncing balls. I remember that looked like uh fucking, you know, I don't know how to describe them, but they're like these little squishy things that have like these like bunch of string, like almost like. Kind of. They have like little strings on the, on like the end of them, like thousands. Yeah, of them. They feel kind of like tickly little. Yes. Bit. Yes, yeah, yes. So I had a dream that there was like thousands of those things bouncing around. And then as I got closer <laughs> to them, they looked like whatever the fucking coronavirus, like little symbol shit yeah, was. Yeah, the little uh, virus, how it actually looks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but besides that, no, not really. And I, I've been, I've been, thankfully I've been, you know, straight up, I've been, pre i've been isolating since before isolation was really even like a thing you know like i'm, I'm kind of like just a lone wolf by nature so yeah. this shit didn't really hit me as intensely as i think a lot of the people who are like the fucking disney crowd who are just fucking devastated by it you know like i just want to be with my friends at work i'm like fuck that job you know what i mean like yeah no same i was uh, i had already left la i left la uh last february i moved to vegas right and then I moved back to California in July of that sa- of last year. But I was living with my mom in Lancaster, so I was like, I had I was already quarantined. I had no fucking life. I had no prospect, right. you know. So everybody was like, oh my god, quarantine! I'm like, quarantine. <laughs> suck like you let know? me tell you something about this quarantine. <laughs> Seriously, man. Yeah. This what happened. Then like, uh, I don't know. For some reason, the quarantine actually was like, or like, I don't know. My life got a lot better after that like i don't know it's like everybody else's life was starting to get really shitty and i don't know for me like the best thing could have happened like everything yeah down and yeah and also, like i had already had been like this like really really low point where i was just like just defeated i felt so fucking defeated dude and then um i don't know everything just picked up like really quickly and i was like hey you know what like shit 
all right. So bad. Shit, I'm gonna still make it happen. Yeah. What I've been doing. Yeah, that's kind of honestly, that's kind of the same thing that's been going on on my end. Like it, for a lot of people, it seems like 2020 was probably like the the worst year of their life and everything. But for me personally, like, and I consider myself very grateful that the universe just kind of worked out for me that way. Likewise. This has been like the most productive and the most evolving year that I think I've ever had in terms of where my mind is at, where my spirit is at, what I've been doing, the the content that I've been putting out and, you know, stockpiling to be able to put out to try to impact the world the only way that I know how to, which is through like my energy, my, you know, yeah. my sense of humor and, you know, that type of shit. Same. So for me, it's, it's been so, like straight up a blessing, you know, and I try to, I try to wake up every day with the intention of trying to be better than I was yesterday. So I can keep that momentum going into, you know, cause yeah, life is short and you don't want to fucking waste the gift of life, you know? Yeah, very true. Um, and that's one thing I realized as well when I was sitting there stuck in my in the smallest bedroom of mom's house feeling like, you know, a non-magical Harry Potter. Like, yeah, yeah. I was trapped there. But yeah, no. Since Fucking then, muggle. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I've actually, uh, I'm doing the same thing, though. Every day I wake up, I go to my job with a smile on my face. I'm grateful. I mean, I think that's what it took, too. I think I had gotten a little bit too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, too privileged you know, too small. Yeah. And I wasn't being, I wasn't really being grateful for any goddamn thing. I, just, I didn't really realize how far I had come in my life and yeah, how much I had accomplished. And I was just feeling like shit and just really, really low. Yeah. Like, you know, every day I wake up, I'm just so damn happy. I'm so grateful for every little thing I got, you know? Yeah. Um, where I live now and my job, it's nothing glamorous or anything, but I'm still, like you said, I'm, I'm working on all these other things. Uh, I have my comedy that I'm always writing, my stand up bits waiting for waiting for opportunity to get on stage again. I have, yeah. my, I have my web novel that I've been stockpiling chapters on, waiting to get ready to Ooh, post. okay. Yeah. Likewise, man, I like it, I like it. So I'm gonna do it on Wattpad, actually. It's gonna just be, I'm gonna, I already got 10 chapters written, but I'm truly gonna change. That's why I haven't posted anything yet. Mm-hmm. I wanna see if I can at least get a full novel written, and then I'm gonna post it by the chapter. Right on. You know? Uh, but yeah, no, that's coming along great. And that's what, something I want to do to try to spread, not not necessarily positivity, you know what I mean? But I want to spread uh, awareness. Uh, I want to spread the ability to critical, critically think, you know, in these times where people are being, you know, bamboozled and fooled by anybody with an internet connection who can post something that looks like an article and it's driving me insane. That's yep. on both sides of the, uh, of the, you know, argument too. I'm watching, you know, my friends who are very, very, pro black lives matter right now but i'm watching them do this very unorganized and watching all the the negativity that comes from that and then watching my friends on the right side and you know they're like oh you know you guys are doing this and i believe in this and i'm watching them but i'm watching both sides be fed misinformation you know and it's like well the problem i see is the, it's a lack of critically thinking that like people can't think for themselves or be able to take information and apply it so i'm writing this novel in the sense to show people what the power of critical thinking is, you know, to show that you can think for yourself and question everything that comes your way. That's dope, dude. Yeah, uh, same. Uh, I've also, like, I don't know exactly how many chapters what I have 
written so far, but I have like 20,000 words written out for what I'm doing. Um, it's the same, same time. Like, honestly, that's really what the basis of my podcast and my sort of life philosophy is, is that I feel like what this whole experience is, this thing called life and consciousness is so much bigger than just being labeled left or right. Democrat, Republican, like at the end of the day, all we are is human. And at the end of that day, all we really are is a speck of consciousness living inside of a body, right? Exactly. Just specks of freaking stardust and vibrations at different waves, man. Just depends on how you look at it, you know? Yeah. And so my my story is is kind of it's it's pretty much uh it takes a lot of it's it's a sort of lucid dreaming type of story that I'm writing, but it takes a lot of the experiences that I've had personally with lucid dreaming and my philosophies and my beliefs, and then just some of the things I'm a fan of, and I'm trying to make a whole universe out of it. But um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you just you just got to do it one day at a time, man. So I applaud you for fucking getting on that and being sticking with it, you know, because a lot of people out here, man, like we we come and I've been guilty of this too in my younger days, like having ideas and then not putting the footwork, you know, into it and making this shit happen and getting the shit from out of your brain into I mean, the universe. It's, it's so much fun and it's, it's actually gratifying to think about it, you know, and it's to plan it in your head and say, then this, and then this, and then this, but, and that's, and that, that will literally serve, even talking about it to somebody, you know, say I had this idea about this story. Science shows that even just like thinking and talking about it with somebody about your idea, it'll serve the same purpose as actually writing it as far as mm-hmm. your body goes. You'll get the same gratification. Yeah. You know, the hard part is actually sitting down and grinding out those words and those pages. It, it, it's hard. Yeah. Because even if you start to see a plot hose in your own work as well, then you have to sit there and stress and think about how to fix that. And that's a whole other beast of writing, man. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting sometimes, but yeah, it's rewarding when you just, when you actually think about it as, it's just going forward with it and being positive with it. You know, hey, just, just, just fucking do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And, yep. and tell yourself, I'm happy I'm doing this. And you will be happy about it, you know? Yeah. And you stop the complaining. I, I realize another thing. Like, I have people at my job who come every day and they go, ugh, this job, ugh, this person, ugh, this boss. I'm like, just chill. Just do your job and go home, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but that's where I'm starting to see a lot of this complaining of everything and no action. You know, everybody wants to complain and everybody wants to, the only action they want to do is easy action. You know what I mean? It's easy to yell. It's easy to throw your fist in anger. It's hard to get out and vote. It's hard to get out and do something for your community. It's hard to put the legwork in. So yeah. I'm glad you're on the same you know, wavelength I am right now. You know, but I mean, that's typical for you, man. You always up there, always you know, working toward that, that positive outlook on life. Well, it's, you know, thank you. I, I try. I try. I, mean, I know it comes from a long journey, but I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. I think it's a lot easier to be in that sort of mindset and be in that place where you want to strive for those things and you put in the footwork for it because you're, you know, the whole phrase like you don't, you only appreciate the sunshine when you've been around the rain. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like my life has seen a lot of hardships, and just like your life has seen a lot of hardships, and all of our lives have seen a lot of hardships, and when you go through hard times when things start to get better for you you appreciate it more but you can even use those hard times as motivation to get yourself into better times you know what i mean um one it takes a lot of awareness and uh self analyzing and looking yourself in the mirror and looking your circumstances and seeing it for what it is as an opportunity to grow 
and to better yourself because we only really, I feel grow when we're uncomfortable. And so I've this 2020, I've been trying to make myself uncomfortable more often. Um, and I've been getting a lot of messages from the universe, you know, from however you want to put it, like, did I, I don't, I don't know if you ever, you might have not listened to the episode, but have I ever conveyed to you the whole left brain, right brain thing? Uh, I don't know. I listened to the first two episodes and then so, I had social media for a while and I had a broken phone. So I had no podcast in my life. So it was a tough time in my life, man. <laughs> so I, I feel yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so the ba- no like the, the basis of it for me was the left brain, right brain thing started because of Fidel. So basically the short version of it is, is that my entire life, I feel like I was only functioning with like half of my brain working. That's like the simplest way I could put it is that I was operating with like only a half deck of cards. Yeah, we did talk about this. I think this wasn't a podcast I listened to. Yeah. And I was walking Fidel one day and uh, this was like the first week, maybe even the first day or two that, that he and I were together. And I'm walking him and it's nighttime. And this is when I was still living in my place on Romaine in WeHo. Um, and I see this guy coming from across from like ahead of the street and he's walking towards us. And I get this thought in my head saying like, I have to cross the street. He's going to do something in reference to Fidel. Like Fidel's going to do something. You have to cross the street. You have to cross the street. You have to cross the street. And I can just feel this fucking like energy, like flooding through me, like this negative, negative energy. And as I'm walking and I'm walking like straight still, I hear this other voice in my head from the left side say, just keep walking forward. It'll be fine. I continue to walk forward. And as I'm walking forward, this, the other voice, the negative one was like, just, you have to cross the street. You have to cross the street. He's going to do something. And it's like panicking almost. Right. And the other voice is just like, just keep going forward. Just keep going forward. It's fine. Walk past the guy. Fidel doesn't do anything. The guy doesn't do anything. It's totally fine. And then after that, the voice on the left said, this is the voice of the ego. This is what the ego feels like. Remember this feeling. And as it's saying this, I feel like on the right side of my brain, almost like a, a fucking, the, the way that I describe it is like, you know, when a, a squid or an octopus like squirts its ink. Yeah. It felt like that. That's what it felt like. So on the right side of my brain, I feel this sort of, so the left, the voice on the left is saying, this is what the ego feels like. And then I feel this, and it just like, shoots down the entire right side of my body until it like fills the whole thing up and it says remember this feeling and so ever since then i've been much more aware of and that like i said that happened because of fidel so up to that point like i in hindsight as i look back on that time and the times before that moment i look back and i see all the like the things that i did all the behaviors that i did the addictions that i had all the being in and out of jail and shit um i see it as the voice of my ego as the like the emotional primitive like almost chimpanzee side of me you know the thing the thing that didn't want to go out there and be uncomfortable it was very content living in its bubble and its privilege as you had said earlier um whereas i think the the left side i this is just a feeling like it you know it's this is just how i experienced it but I think that the thing on the left is one, you could look at it as like your logical brain. And so I was in tapped, I was in touch with my emotional brain for my entire life. And all of a sudden the logical brain just sucked, like suddenly magically fucking appeared with Fidel. Well, or, I think it's because you had to 
all of a sudden care about something and you had to do it logically. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah, that, that's true. Cause like, I never really cared about anything before him. Like you know? the level, the level of love that I have for Fidel still to this day is it's unmatched. Um, but so I also look at it as I think that that side is sort of like connected to the ether because it feels like when I say the ether, like I, you know, you could use that as a say uh, the duat that's what egyptians call it sure know? yeah like the universe yeah. whatever the fucking the thing that's beyond whatever this place is yeah exactly yeah. It, it feels like whenever i get really good ideas or i get really insightful things or, or moments or thoughts that's where i feel it come from is from here so a lot of times like i'll, I'll fucking ask something and all of a sudden like it'll just pop into my head all of a sudden and i'm like what the fuck where that come from it came from this side mm-hmm. um Whereas I think a lot of my creative energy, my ability to do improv and all that, I could feel that when I was like at Second City coming from this side, which sounds fucking weird, but that's just how I experienced it. And the lucid dreaming stuff, uh, I, I feel like the left brain sort of has something to do with a voice that I've heard in lucid dreaming. So let me ask you, we'll get to the lucid dreaming stuff now. When did you first learn about lucid dreaming? Like how old were you when you first learned about it how old were you when you first were able to do it did you like know what it was was it something that was natural to you what like what's the story behind your experience with it well i think it starts first just with my regular dreams i remember i used to dream but it started with something when i was a kid i used to uh have this dream that i was playing in my grandmother's living room i used to live with my grandma as a kid um i was playing in the living room with these other kids you know there were no other kids in my house but I always have a dream I was playing with other kids in the house. And um, that those dreams how they like come and go, you know, the memories of those dreams that always come and go. And I remember them sometimes. Then as I got older, I would have these other dreams that I was on the dope. And I had these two women next to me, and we were ninjas. And we were ninjas? <laughs> yeah, man. That's, and I remember this dream from when I was uh, five. I was still living in Watts. So that's so I remember exactly when it was. But I was fighting ninjas, man, these two women next to me and we were fighting like these shadow creatures with these giant holes would appear in the floor and fall but every time i would fall in the hole i would tell myself oh no just redo it and i would like concentrate and i would come out the hole and start over again hmm. and uh then I, my grandma told me about when i was a kid when i used to live with her that she'd have to tuck me in the bed really tightly because otherwise i would get about the bed and i would dance in the living room as a kid sleepwalking oh whoa yeah, and I was like, that's weird. And then I started remembering my mom telling me about all the time I would tell her about my dreams, and this is stuff I had forgotten about. And then uh, after a time, you know, I just had times I couldn't even remember my dreams anymore, years of that, you know? I had that brief era from five and below where I remember these really crazy dreams, and then nothing. Right. Um, can never remember a dream to save my life. Every now and then I would have like a one or two dreams I remember usually about something that stressed me out about school. So usually school would play a part in the dream. Right. But it was an lucid dream. I wasn't controlling anything, you know. I would have the dream but completely lost in it. And um, then when I got out of the military and I was just starting to get back into, I'd already started to question Christianity. I'd already been doing that for a while, just not openly, you know. Uh, but I started getting really open. I got really militant atheists. Uh, but then I realized that didn't have the answer I was looking for either. And I started dreaming again. I started remembering dreams, and that was, like, rare for me. Then all of a sudden, I started getting into spirituality again, uh, started learning more about it, and then I started lucid dreaming again. But I didn't, 
I wasn't trying to do it, you know. Then I started finding out about talking to my roommate at the time, and he was really deep into this stuff. And so I started practicing. I started doing uh, regular lucid dreaming when you're when you go to sleep and you try to practice getting into it. I started trying to control that aspect of it, uh, and I got really good at it for a while. And then it started happening again where I would lucid dream whenever I went to sleep. I didn't even try to, and it started becoming way too much because it's so it's a, it's a lot to be aware while you're asleep, you know, every yeah. freaking time. Uh, then I went back to not being able to control my dreams again. So then I started learning how to do wake-induced lucid dreaming. And that's when you're wild. Yeah. To sleep a wild. Yeah. You're not necessarily asleep, but you're not necessarily awake either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got really good at that um, pretty quickly, actually. I think just because I already had the experience of it, uh, I developed a good technique to put myself into the trance that would allow me to control my dreams. What was uh, what was your technique? Uh, when I would close my eyes and start the breathing, you know, uh, I would look at the back of my eyelids. And the back of my eyelids, you know, it always have like these, you know, just mass of colors. And eventually mm-hmm. the colors would shape into your thoughts. And I would just kind of, instead of looking at them from the outside, I would put myself right in, you know, and I would just allow the shapes to take over. I wouldn't try to question it. I would just let my eyes move. And then you could feel your eyes moving in different directions you know like yeah you know and before you know it it's all around you and then another technique you can do is if you're very used to the place you're sleeping in currently is when you close your eyes picture the room you're sleeping in but your eyes are closed you know uh and i would just let like the tiniest sliver of light come through you know i think that's kind of what helps to trigger the actual i don't know i don't want to say hallucination but trigger the trance you know i mean the flirting of the eyes with the light coming in mm-hmm. that would trigger it and i would have the same effect of a wake induced lucid dream where all of a sudden i'm in my room but i'm looking at myself laying in my bed you know <laughs> and then right you can do things like you know float fly you know walk around your living room or apartment but i still wasn't sure if those were even wake induced lucid dreams or astral projections i could never really tell you know because when you do that, sometimes the world is exactly how it is. And sometimes it's a little parts off. Of it are off. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes just a little bit, sometimes a whole lot, you know? Yeah. You might walk downstairs in your apartment complex and realize it's the dorm room you had in college, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can still hear, like, for instance, if it was like one Saturday night, people were out, out of Sierra Bonita and they were partying. You know how Sierra Bonita was. Oh, yeah. So Lively. Lively. Still partying, but I was having a dream but i could still hear them but in my dream they weren't there you know what I mean? mm-hmm. uh, so yeah then i just got really deep into it and that's how it pretty much started for me so do you have a do you have an opinion on if you think that it's all taking place in your head do you think that there's something else going on what's your what's your opinion what's on that? that's good yeah i like that yeah it's it's all uh, experience isn't it it's all experience man just because I mean, I look at it like film, for instance. We view, we view film at 20, what is it, 29, 23.5 seconds. I forget exactly what the number is. But it's, it's, film is made in a way to process what our mind can actually see. And when we speed or slow down, it speeds up or slows down how we see it on the camera as well. But that means between every one of those frames, there's something that the human brain doesn't actually see. The human eye can't catch it. Mm. You know? I mean, so we're just lit. And then same thing. If you go down to a macro universe with atoms and micro and, uh, and virus and things like that, physics change. 
the laws of physics completely change. Yep. You know? <laughs> so I mean, who's to say out of existence? In your mind, what's not in your mind, you know? Some yeah. people believe that the 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 whole way we view <laughs> the world is just part of a shared consciousness that we all agree on. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that's most fascinating about life to me. And to be perfectly honest, I, I view it the exact same way. I think it's all, it doesn't really fucking matter. I think it, it all just boils down to experience. And, you know, because you can have like, even if you were of the mindset that it was all taking place in your, in your mind, like if that was your belief, how do you explain nightmares then? You go through a dream and you have a fucking nightmare where you're being chased by somebody, your body, your physical body reacts yeah. in a way that is identical to if you were actually experiencing the thing you wake exactly. up you're fucking sweating you wake up you're screaming you're crying whatever um, yeah. it's all an experience so if if it's real enough to where your consciousness deems it to be real why is it not real you know um i, I, I feel like card games man and shit you can't tell me, <laughs> like, I know it's, I, I'm playing the game. I put the headset on, yeah. you know, so I know it's fake. <laughs> but when fucking those zombies come in Resident Evil, I'm scared. I'm scared of shit. <laughs> like, for real, man. I'm, ah, ah, yeah, for real. Ah. When I'm playing Alien Isolation, man, and the alien pops down, dude, I'm fucking terrible. You know, oh, dude, I, <laughs> speaking of Alien Isolation, so I'm, I'm completing that for my channel right now, and I'm, like, starting to do some Patreon stuff that we'll see how that takes off. But I just had a dream two nights ago that I was in real live alien isolation. It wasn't lucid, but, like, fucking the alien was there. He was fucking popping down from vents and shit, chasing after me. It was weird because, like, I, uh, I was in I – don't, I don't remember if I was in the full armor, but I was – for sure I was wearing the boots of, you know, Halo, the Spartan armor yeah 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 so i was wearing the alien was trying to stab me with its tail and every time it did i would kick up my feet and the bottom of my boot would like block it it was really fucking weird but yeah uh, uh i mean i think it was picasso who said anything you can imagine is real you yeah. know and i've always wondered what he meant by that personally i always thought it meant that if you were imagining it it meant that it probably already happened or existed in some of in some other shape or form you know i mean look how many Look how many theories we have on parallel universes, our universe being a projection, our universe being, you know, like, and there's like a little bit of science to back up all this stuff. So I think personally that anything you probably dreamt, you're probably looking at it, not saying definitely, but possibly a parallel universe to yourself that you just touched to, you know what I mean? Somewhere yeah. in the universe, <laughs> you are literally fighting aliens with a full Spartan armor on, you know? Yeah um and I, i'm pretty sure that nasa just recently like discovered that there was like a parallel universe that time moved differently or some shit you know yeah we're, we're discovering shit all the time and i like how you know that's sort of one thing that i've pondered about myself of are these versions of me that i'm bumping into in the dream state when i'm not lucid specifically are these versions of me that are like in alternate universes? I just had one a few days ago where it was just a regular one. It wasn't lucid, but uh, it was where I was still doing a lot of criminal activity that I used to do, but I was doing it around people that don't know that side of me. So specifically, it was like some Disney people. Like I was breaking into somebody's house that worked at Disney. And I didn't know it was their house until they showed up and I'm all like fucking hiding in the corner. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, good, shit. Thing, good thing they got fucking horrible eyesight. They can't see me. And then all of a sudden they see me and I'm like fucking running and the cops are showing up and shit. And I'm waking up and I'm like, why the fuck? Like, 
And it, it felt just, you know, when I, as soon as I woke up, that was the first thought that I had was like, it felt like I was touching some alternate version of myself. And I, I haven't really had that type of feeling from waking up in a dream before until that one. But yeah, you just, it's weird, man. There's so much more going on. Thinking about that dream, the dream I thought was the reoccurring dream I had when I was five about me being an adult fighting with these two women, fighting shadow demons or whatever, you know? Like, why would a kid think that, you know? Right. And it's, so, and it's, such, it's always been such a vivid memory of that dream. It's always, I, was, I always felt like it just wasn't something, you know, just random. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have one would be playing with the kid in the living room. They come to find out I'm literally running around the living room sleepwalking, you know? <laughs> that's that's That one's kind of fucking weird, the whole sleepwalking thing. Because it's like our body has this thing where it, like the whole sleep sleep paralysis thing. That's supposed to be the body's way of preventing you from actually going up and acting out the shit that you're doing in your dream state. But for some of us, you, uh, and so like there's certain people that I know that take Ambien that start sleepwalking and fucking driving to the store and buying turkeys and then cooking a whole fucking turkey and shit. For some people, it, yeah, like, celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, for whatever reason, like it seems like the sleep paralysis doesn't work for them, you know, or or it's off. Like there's some there's like a switch that gets flipped and it doesn't function the same way that it's supposed to. I haven't sleptwalked since then, as far as I know, but I've had had the experience of sleep paralysis. You know, I think we covered this before, where when I first started uh, getting into spirituality again, I was trying to actually project, and I woke up in the middle of it, and I was trying to recreate something that happened the day before and I couldn't do it but instead what happened was I woke up and my body was completely frozen um and I was looking at a freaking demon looking nurse I don't know she had a like the old school nurse hat on you know with the little red yeah. cross on it you know she was just sitting on my dresser staring at me and I'm freaking out because I'm like I'm looking at her and I couldn't move though uh-huh. so I started doing what I started blowing even though my lips wouldn't actually move, if I blew, I could feel the air. I was going, <sighs> I said, help. And I laughed. <laughs> and then actually, then I realized my eyes were never actually open. Mm-hmm. You know, they were actually closed. Um, yeah. And then I actually, I thought, went online. I was going to Google that. And I found that exact same nurse, Ooh. a picture of that nurse online. People were talking about how they had the same experience. Wow. Yeah. But I had never seen that image of that nurse before anywhere. Like, I had right. never come across it. That, that kind of just lends some more credence and credit to the fact that this all, shit might all be like a shared experience or that what we're tapping into, like, for sure. My personal belief is that I think there's like layers and levels to what we experience. So I think that at the very base level, you have some things that might be happening in your brain. I think above that are like the lucid stuff or the experiences where you're getting into more shared things with people where you're all in this sort of universe functioning together. And then there might even be layers and levels above that. Um, And so what you're describing sounds very much like tapping into a kind of collective unconscious or a collective shared dream universe like saying dream to me feels weird i usually just call it like lucid like a lucid fucking reality or some shit but you guys are seeing something 
you saw something that you hadn't seen before that you had nobody describe to you that you had no you had no way of being able to conceptualize what it was you saw until it happened and then we're able to after the fact verify that other people are seeing the exact same thing that you were it's like how do you explain that how how do you explain that that's just in your mind the fact that the picture i saw online was the exact same that means someone drew this someone drew this picture based on what they dreamed and it was the exact same thing that i had dreamed yeah you know that's that's what's creepy to me you know or not creepy but powerful. i mean kind of cool but like powerful it's humbling. Let's go with that one yeah it's definitely humbling for sure yeah, yeah definitely because i mean i remember when i first became an atheist i thought i knew everything you know if it's not in science i do not care and i was like you know that was militant you know i was like oh my god you people with your christianity and your muslims you know there's gonna be a war one day i was one of those people i was like that fucking egotistical about what i thought i knew you know don't get me wrong i still place a lot of value in science and intelligence for sure i don't consider it the the end all be all because i mean if that was the case 50 years ago we thought we knew everything about everything we found out how wrong we were and every year since we find out how wrong we are about everything so i think i how I'm going to look at it is I'm going to take it into consideration and say, okay, this is what we found out. We know it's conclusive. We know it can be proven, but it doesn't mean it's the end result. Right. Agree. Um, have you ever, have you ever experienced in your lucid journeys and your dreams and your whatever, have you ever experienced voices talking to you like voices that seem to be coming from. Yes. 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 And that was the one that happened to me one time. And that was the one that changed everything for me. Okay. I said, uh, it was before it, it was before the one with the nurse is this is the one I was trying to recreate before the nurse popped up. Gotcha. And I was trying to actually project and I was, I was laying down so I had an apartment in Hollywood at the time. Uh, and my bed was really low to the ground. I had this, you know how they have the closets that have the mirrors on them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there and I was trying to follow the, the uh, trying to follow the, the process, you know, getting to this higher state of mind. And I had my lights off, you know, I had a little bit of light coming in from the moon and it was reflecting on that mirror. And I was sitting there just breathing, you know? Then the shadow walks by my mirror and I was like, oh, that's cool, it's a little shadow. And this shadow was like, you know, medium size. Then another shadow comes by, and this shadow was taller than that one. And then the shadow behind that one was shorter than all three of them. And I was like, oh, look at those little shadows. And I'm watching them go by over and over. Family. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, it's a little family of shadows. That's so cool. And then all of a sudden, one of the shadows stopped. The tall shadow stopped. And it looked at me. <laughs> like, the shadow, it, it stopped and looked. And I could see the little, the white little specks where his eyes were. Mm. And then the other shadows were going by first. And then they stopped, too, and they looked at me. <laughs> And then the shadows came off the mirror and they ran at me. Like they literally said, and everything turned black. And next thing I know, I was floating above myself, looking down at myself. Whoa. You know, and it was just this weirdest thing. There was this long, like golden string, very thin string connected to my belly button. And I've, heard, I've heard about that before. And it was connected to my belly button and then the other means belly button. And there was this being next to me. I couldn't see the being, but I could feel the being. And I could, I don't want to say hear, because I was the thing, it was the thing that was weird was I was asking it questions, so many questions. 
and it was giving me the answers. You remember what the being like? Like, did it have like a shape? Was there like a like a humanoid shape, or was it? Like I want to say. I want to say. I want to say the the impression that it gave me was humanoid, although I didn't actually see it. Okay. But I want to say, if I did see it, it was golden in color. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like I said, I wasn't actually looking at it, and I wasn't actually talking to it, but I was asking it questions, and it was giving me answers so many answers so quickly yeah and it, it was doing it in a way that it was like it was just putting the information into my into my head and so i was trying like every time he gave me a question or an answer i would ask another question you know like it was quick you know but while while this is going on um and he's and it's giving me all this information you know i'm also experimenting in this space that i'm in you know what i mean like i'm floating above myself i'm looking around my room i turn over and i see the ceiling and i'm like this close to it and then I say I want the ceiling gone I want to see the stars all of a sudden the ceiling is gone I can see the stars I want to get closer I'm closer still this being is next to me communicating with me and it feels positive it doesn't feel negative at all it feels like it's like it's there to help me you know right and then um all of a sudden like I said I want to see the whole of LA and now that I'm looking over LA and I'm listening at the same time, though, to my roommate lie to his girlfriend about him cheating on her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because obviously my body is still down, you know what I mean? It's still, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm listening to my roommate lie to his girlfriend about, like, oh, I wasn't cheating on you, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I see these giant spirals in the sky. It was freaking, this is the part that got me the biggest. Spirals? There were spirals of, like, one was like purple and one was green and one was blue and there were these hands coming out that were the same color as the spirals themselves like in space but it was like it was beyond space i want to say mm -hmm. i don't know it's so weird it's so weird to describe no, I, I, it was reaching out to me yeah like it's like these hands you know and i kept trying to reach back and the being was like hey don't do that you can't go there yet and i was like but i thrive to be i should be right there I think you told me about this before. Yeah, back on the roof in West Hollywood. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And keep I was going like, oh, like, no, I should be there. I need to be there. And then he's like, no, if you don't, if you don't stop, I'm going to send you back. And so then I stopped for a second, and I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> 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 just like, okay, go for it. <laughs> and I went really hard, but something ripped right where the little string was. It ripped, and he was like, okay, I'm sending you back. And just like that, I woke up. Mm. my roommate and his girlfriend still argue yeah i was gonna ask you about that because I, I remembered that story and i wanted to i remember the uh you talking and seeing some shit and then a being saying like hey don't do fucking do that and so i wanted to that's so interesting man but yeah, yeah but, uh, from that point on what was weird was i started having things i had never looked up and i'm like i'm a big reader you know what i mean but i started knowing yeah. answers to things that i had never looked up before I started looking at the world differently. I started seeing things, noticing things I'd never noticed before. I felt like I changed from that moment on. Yeah. And the way I saw things, the way I interacted, uh, just my energy in general changed, you know? So whatever that was, it was a big turning point for me. I never could figure out exactly what it meant. I could never do it again. Uh, maybe I should have listened to that being when it told me to stop. Maybe I would have been able to do it again, but right. I know me and I'm not one to listen to people, you know? Right. <laughs> Well, I wasn't a people, so you know. That could be just Bro, are you seeing this shit? How am I not supposed to fucking go for that? <laughs> exactly. How cool that shit what is. Do do? Yeah. Oh, let me show you the giant hands in the sky, but don't touch it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Look with your eyes, not your hands. Ah, go fuck yourself. I'm going to have to go up there and touch this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard though, man. It's hard because like, and that's one of the problems with people when they first start practicing this stuff, especially early, early on. And this is something that I experienced too. Like the first time that I, I can't really remember the first time. All I remember is the after effect. I remember the very first time I ever became lucid. I remember once it happened, all of a sudden the entire universe around me, the entire world that I was seeing sort of whirling around me in like this tornado of color, you know? And I, I don't, I have like brief glimpses of that, but I can remember telling my girlfriend about it at work the next day. But the first time that I actually became lucid and I was able to start doing stuff, they were always in the, in the beginning were very brief because like you, you can't, it's hard to contain your excitement because like all of a sudden you're so used to this three dimensional space that we're living in and operating and functioning in right now that we call earth and life and whatever. But then all of a sudden you go to this, this place where you're supposed to be asleep and not able to do anything. And then you're you there and everything there just seems so much more real and clear and like different. Yes. And it's yeah. hard to contain that excitement and that, that desire to just like want to, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I can like, you know, and at that point you were pretty experienced too. So it, I can imagine that, it's, you know, it's like, it's the whole yes. fucking you see new wild. shit. Yeah, it's so wild. It's wild. Like, you just, well, then for a while, I remember uh, after that, you know, years go by and life is, you know, going. And by then, I finished college. I went through acting school, which got me to be way more emotionally open. Yeah. And that was a whole different, like, like, I'm not even going to, like, the Strasbourg method, man, just making me tear down all those freaking emotional walls I had put up, you know what I mean? Being being a black man, coming from South Central, being in the military, that's years of building, you know, walls. You know, I was basically like an episode of Naruto when, you know, <laughs> Oshimaru had that giant Yeah, 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 yeah. That was me, you know, just yeah, yeah. shield after shield after shield after shield. Then after all that shit came down, I got, I sink into like deep depression. You know, all this stuff I had never let affect me, all of a sudden started affecting me. And it got to the point where I already have, I was having trouble sleep as it is already, you know? So first I would fight sleep and I would be awake for hours, you know, for days. And then when I would finally go to sleep, it was like, I didn't want to wake up because all of a sudden I would have these dreams where all of a sudden, like, it wasn't the real world. And I can't even really remember them anymore. But actually, but to be honest, I think that's what I'm writing about. I'm writing about this place that I was dreaming of. Because when I write about it, I get this feeling of nostalgia. Mm. And the only thing I can liken it to is the feeling I had from waking up from that dream. You know? But this dream was just, it was was in this crazy world that I didn't want to leave. And I I think that was like kind of like something that people who are depressed go through a lot you're just not aware of that feeling of not wanting to wake up because whatever world you're going to, wherever your consciousness goes when you're asleep, you know, for some reason it's better than the real world. So much better. You know? So much better. I think that was the first time I got addicted to that feeling. And then after I had a hard time with not sleeping, it was a point where I had trouble not waking up. Sleeping for hours, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. You know, this is when I was still with Sophia and she would be like, you slept like all day. And so I'm so used to you sleeping four hours, five hours a day, you know, 
I was like, yeah, I know. I just never want to wake up. And every time I woke up, I just felt so sad. But I couldn't figure out why, you know, like why? Why? What, what was so good about that dream that made me want to never wake up again, you know? Yeah. But again, all that stuff was just like, I, I mean, I don't know what it was, but I think it helped fuel my need to write, you know? Your creative energy. Yeah, whatever. I, I just, I really want to know. That's what I think I'm right now. I just know the feeling of it, which I get a glimpse of it sometimes. And the only thing I ever remember is just like this vast, empty, strange looking desert, you know? That's the only thing I ever remember. And I also remember people just being being able to do things that should be impossible, you know? Yeah. Because when you go and you start doing these things when you're lucid, like one of the things that got me into lucid experiences when I was young, apart from the sex, <clears throat> a bunch of sex, right? Yeah. Was, <laughs> was wanting to do fucking Kamehameha's and shit. And if you've ever done a Kamehameha when you're there, it's like one of the fucking most surreal things. I haven't done that. I should try. You should try, dude. Like I, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a fucking a tip on how I do it. Yeah, so, please. What um, I do is not lucid dream. I always start building worlds, man. I don't know. I start building shit. I mean, that's cool too. You know, like, <laughs> I, I've I've never done that. There's I like got a prediction of Sims or something, man. <laughs> I mean, people have, I've, I've talked to some people that do similar things where they're just like, I'm going to fucking create shit. For me, uh, it was more like a, for a time, it was like a, a personal playground. But I, it took me a long time to be able to actually figure out how to do it because you watch Goku or you watch them fucking doing it. Just like they're just charging this energy all of a sudden. I'm like, how do they fucking. Okay, but, okay for, the, for the committee, they have a theory on it's how yeah. it's done. All right, because remember, what did you do first? It's, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're taking your own energy and the energy around you and you're directing it. As soon as you put something into a circular motion, you have to complete that circuit, you have to go on that path. Instead of going straight past you, straight up, straight out, straight back, you're directing it this way. So now it's going to continue to go, you know? And then you're going to push it, you know what I mean? So this hand, right there, you know what I mean? Although it's kind of low, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, try that. It might work for you. The way the way that I did it is somewhat a combination of the Kamehameha and like the Rasen gun. So you remember how Naruto, Naruto, he had to do the fucking, when he was first learning it with dry, he had to do like that. Yeah, yeah. So the way that I do it. Left and right at the same time. Yeah. The way that I do it is it's kind of like I'm unlocking something. So if you conceptualize it, the way that I would do it is I would literally have my hands like this and I would like, and when I did that, the first time I didn't, like I said, it took me a long time to figure out to even try to do that. So those that are just listening to this, I'm having both hands in front of me and I'm turning one hand to the left and one hand to the right and they're on top of each other. And when I did that, I could, it, I could literally feel something unlock it and I could hear like a, and it was like the sound of a lock opening up. And then all of a sudden I could feel the energy charging up. And then once I did the come, like I could feel the energy pulsating through my entire fucking body, dude. I mean, have you tried doing that while in a regular setting, you know, regular just right now, like in our regular everyday lives, have you ever tried to feel the energy, you know what I mean, within your body? Mm, I don't know if I've tried it seriously. I'll do like, well, that's not true. Okay. Um, I haven't tried it in the sense of like what you're describing, like the literal fucking 
repeating the motions but like yeah, yeah. sometimes we're all you know this is kind of nerding and calling myself out right here but like you know whatever be honest you remember, just, man, it's good. <laughs> you remember the uh the most recent dragon ball super movie the the broly one yeah oh, so sometimes what i'll do here i'll fucking bring it up because i actually got it right here um sometimes what i'll do is i'll be watching this listen to this And then he shoots the beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll fucking be watching that. And I actually part of part of a lot of what I've what I've been writing is inspired by a lot of like my favorite anime, my favorite TV shows and stuff like that. So like my favorite action movies. So some of the things that I see in like this show inspired different things in what I've been writing. I'm like, oh my God, like what if they did fucking da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? So sometimes what I'll do is I'll fucking I'll be writing or writing. I'll be watching that. And I'll be like, in my head, I'll be visualizing what the characters in my thing are doing. And I'll just get so fucking amped up by it that once they start doing the charging let the Kamehameha, like, I'll be acting like one of the characters in the thing. And I'll just be like, fucking, you know, I'll do the thing. I can. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of feel the sense of the energy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's what I always do personally. I mean, I do like when I do it, when I meditate, I do it if I'm just sitting, if, if I'm sitting down somewhere and I'm bored, like waiting for it to be called at a hospital or some shit, you know, I'll try to see if I can feel energy in my palm, you know, and I started doing that uh, when I was dating a girl. We used to always try to see if we could see how quickly we can get our hands to still feel, you know, each other's presence, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's always going to do it with a, when, when it's dark, you know, to see yeah. if you could feel that person's energy. You know, and I dated another girl who used to always say that she could actually see when the lights are off. She could always find people because she could see an outline of the energy. The more she knew them, you know, the better she would be able to see the energy. So I was like, I always wondered, like, was that real, you know? Okay. So I started always practicing, seeing if I can make my energy grow, you know, see if I can feel it. So I would start off with a finger, just a tip. And just seeing, and it starts off with first just regular feeling, you know, your regular nerve endings, you know, and then trying to feel how deep those nerve endings go. Or you're, in, you're like being close to somebody and you can feel them next to you, you know, they're going to touch you. Same yep. thing. I would just see if I can extend that, you know, and I would do the same thing. I would go, um, <laughs> I would just, it always, every time I would start to do that, it would always come out with some anime stuff afterwards, you know, either you know, Rasengan or Kamehameha. Or <laughs> that shit is so ingrained in our subconscious, man. Like we, we pretty much are living anime characters, I feel like. Well, I mean, they base all this stuff on actual spirituality. And that's where we get most yeah. of our spirituality, most, most of our spiritual aspects of life from are from Eastern medicine. So yeah, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, when you, like, when you see the fanboys arguing about what's better, chakra or key, it's like, it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's just different ways of reaching it, you know? Yeah. It's all the same thing. As, I think it's the same thing as the soul, the spirit, the consciousness, whatever science wants to call it, whatever Christianity wants to call it. Yeah. Same thing, different words. Yeah, know? totally. Um, and speaking of the the energy thing, this is going back to Fidel, but I had, uh, you know, part of the reason why I got back into it after he passed was because of obviously I wanted to spend more time with him when I couldn't physically anymore. And I remember having one lucid one where i was back at my old house um and what he would used to do is he would always sleep on the couch and then my previous dog evie would also sleep on the couch but she would sleep on like the armrest thing Mm -hmm. so i'm lucid in that in that place and i'm sitting on the couch and i can feel like they're invisible 
but for some reason I can feel her energy on the armrest and I can feel Fidel's energy like just below me like not so not on the couch but he's like right next to the on the the foot of the couch basically mm-hmm. I can feel his energy I can feel her energy I can feel their fur even though they're not physically there like yeah. So there's definitely something to be said about energy. Like you could have went like one frequency up. You could have been right where they really were, you know, like you were just almost there. Yeah, probably. And I've had, I've had several where like, since, you know, since he's passed, I've had probably like six or seven lucids that uh, he was there for, Um, you know, but it got to a point where I felt like that you're going back to what we were, I was saying about, have you ever heard, you know, disembodied voices in your lucid dreams i've experienced that more times than i can count i don't exactly know what it is or who it is i have different theories because i've had different voices show show up like they fucking like i can see them and shit but i've heard i've had different voices speak to me some of them sounded like what i would interpret god sounding like um i've had ones that sound kind of like a blend of what I interpret God as sounding like, and then being able to hear myself in it also. I've had ones that just straight up sounded like me. I've had ones that were women. I've had ones that were different men. And then just recently, a couple of days ago, I actually fucking had James Earl Jones as the voice. You know, it went, it went James Earl Jones because here I, I became lucid and I actually had three lucids in, in. I honestly wouldn't mind James Earl Jones being in my lucid dreams. Like that's pretty dope. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Lana. It's either Lana or Rachel. One of my previous guests on on the podcast. Uh, they they had said that I think that they'd had uh, Morgan Freeman as the voice before. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good too. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I I became lucid three times. Uh, over the over the night a couple of days ago and on the last one um, one of my things was that I wanted to know is there anything that you want me to know or is there anything you want me to see or anything and the voice as James Earl Jones said not yet and then so I heard it and I was like hmm. I was like James Earl Jones and then it was like yeah and the, da, 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 da. it said something and you know, like when you were saying that the, the that being was talking to you and it was like answering questions but it was like so back and forth and I, I wish that my recall was better in those moments because I always have these profound conversations or I have these profound answers that come to me, but I can only remember like maybe a few percents, percents, percentages of what they actually tell me, you know? So I'll get like the very beginning of the group. Anything of what they told me other than don't reach for the clouds. You know what I mean? Don't go for those hands that are up there, you know, and they can tell me to stop. Like I said, the only thing I remember is that I was asking questions and they were giving me answers. Gotcha. I don't know exactly what I was asking or what they were saying. That's what I'm, that's one thing I always kind of uh, been kind of upset with the fact that I couldn't actually remember what I was asking because then that could verify if what I was learning was true. You know, right? The only thing I have to go on is the fact that I started seeming to have answers to questions that I never looked up before, and that was always kind of strange. Yeah, you know. Have you ever had uh, any like precognitive stuff where stuff happens that then happens later on in your physical life? Yes, uh, quite often. I've had one. I can't, I can't place, I can, again, I can't name it right now because when it happens, I'm always like, I don't want to make myself go crazy thinking like, oh my God, I'm psychic. So I usually be like, oh, <laughs> I thought about that before. Then I just blow it off. Like, you know, like, ah, okay. 
that was a coincidence. Like, you know what I mean? It Yeah. It all, it also, when they happen, it kind of makes you like on some level, I think it makes your ego freak out a little bit because it's another, it's another layer and it's another asterisk on the whole, like, Oh, the ego has control of what's going on here, or it has right. a grasp on what's happening here. And when you get those, those experiences, to happen it's just like oh i can't i'm not in control of fucking anything i'm just a passenger for this shit you know yeah well, there's somebody something's happening above that i can't fucking like well that's what i'm realizing as well is that you know all the and i think most of us do it some people are more aware than others or maybe i don't know i'm really not sure i've always liked to think that we all have billions of voices in our head you know yeah, And I realize that I have a shitload of them in there and they're always talking, always yammering, always saying something, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them I listen to, some of them I don't, some of them team up, you know, and try to get me to agree with, you know, <laughs> like, don't you think so? And they're all like, yeah, and I'm listening to these fools, like have a conversation. I'm like, am I crazy? Like, I must be crazy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then it's like a, another part of me is just like, well, shit, as long as I'm not trying to kill anybody or do anything weird, I guess it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead and talk. Y'all not really bugging me. Right. But then sometimes they do get kind of overpowering. And I like to think that everybody has those voices, you know. It's just how often are you aware of them? How often do you listen to them? Or how often do you even realize that they are voices, you know, what you might call ideas or thoughts, you know? They're just voices and just how you kind of, uh, what's what I'm looking for? How you uh, not compartmentalize, but where you put them, you know what I mean? Uh How you rank them in your head, you know? Like there's one voice that sounds like my dad. And this, that's the voice is always telling me to get up and clean up and, you know, stop being lazy because that's what I heard from my dad my whole life, you know. But then I'm also starting to realize that I got older that that, that voice that was my dad's is now my voice because me, me and his voices have now gotten so similar, hmm. you know. And then I'm also starting to realize that when I talk to my son that, you know, the voice in me that used to be a kid, you know, now sounds exactly like my son's voice, you know. Hmm. So now I'm looking at Another thing that that I find interesting now is looking at uh, about the whole aspect of having parents, you know, and having kids, and how much of our soul and our spirit are as individuals. We like to think: Do I share a spirit and a soul with my dad, you know? And does he share one with his father, you know, all the way up? You know what I mean? I'm starting to realize I think very similar to my father. You know, sometimes I feel like I can even feel what my dad's feeling. You know, mm. like. I can look back on some things in his life or some things in our life when I was growing up, I can think like, wow, maybe growing up, I thought my dad felt this way about certain things, but I'm starting to realize that it wasn't that, you know, I feel more connected to him, mm-hmm. even though like me and him still aren't very like super close or anything, you know, like he raised me, but he's, a, you know, he's one of those, a typical man, you know, I will love you and be disappointed at the same time. And I look down at you with my nose, you know, that kind of yeah. man, you know what I mean? Sure. But I'm starting to realize that, like, it's, I'm starting to really question this idea of what it means to have a spirit and a soul and what it means to be, to have a family, you know? How connected are we in this family? Yeah. You know? and, and the idea I'm getting is that we all share this higher, this higher spiritual being together, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, it's it's one, I think it's kind of like a roll of the dice in terms of the, the physical family that you get, because... Yeah. Uh, I know, I know people that are extremely close with their families. Uh, I'm more at certain times I was much closer with my family, but then certain members of the family kind of started to show their true color. And I was just like, I don't need to fucking be around this. So if you're the patriarch and the matriarch of this family, like that side of the family, I'm just not going to see anybody because 
I don't I don't need to have anything to do with it. There is no there is no yeah. right way to fucking do it, man. Like, right. But going back to what you said on the the whole soul and everything, that's honestly when I I, I I've said this on the podcast before, but for me personally in my evolution as a human being, there's four faces that I think really shaped me into who I am, into the version of myself. Mm. Like the Mount Rushmore essentially of of people or beings that influence me. And Fidel is for sure the top one. And the reason for that, obviously I shared the left brain, right brain thing. Uh, so you're talking about the voices in your head. For me, I was only ever listening to one voice. That was all I heard, but it kind of sounded like I didn't, I didn't say this to you. I've said this to a couple of people in person, but it, it was almost like I was hearing the voice in a fog and I couldn't really get a grasp on where it was coming from. I just heard a voice and it was just this fog. And then that moment with Fidel, it's like all of a sudden I heard this other voice and then the fog was cleared. And now I could literally see and feel where each one was coming from. But after Fidel passed, and this was almost a year ago that this specific moment happened, Fidel passed a year, uh, just over a year ago now. I was fucking super depressed, obviously. Like I'm still bummed out about it. still cry every day about it. I'm not going to lie, but it's something that I kind of forced myself to do because it reminds me just of how important he is. Yeah. In the first few months that he was gone, I was smoking so much more weed. I was smoking so much more weed, way more weed than I needed. Like everything, man. Like, dang. Yeah. But I was, I was doing it in excess. And then uh, October came and I I decided like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do sober October. I haven't been sober in, in a hot minute. So I'm going to go ahead and fucking be sober for a minute. So I stopped weed. I haven't drank since fucking we did uh, the sketchiest fuck shit back in the day. Uh, yeah. That was the last time I drank was when we did that stuff. Um, but so I stopped smoking weed and then I went, uh, I, I even like gave up porn. So I've been off of porn basically since October and trying to do that um, with varying levels of success. But that's something that like, spiritually and mentally i feel like that's what i want to do but then in november i went and i was about over a month without smoking weed and i had like i was like you know what it might be a good time for an edible you know it might be uh i got some edibles in the fridge might as well it might be a good time so i did the whole edible thing and on that trip and i took way more than i should have but you know i'm grateful for the amount that i took because i learned what i learned i had this very powerful moment where it felt like i was in some way communicating with Fidel. Like I remember I have it written down somewhere, but, uh, and I've said it on the podcast. I think it was the Lana episode. I actually went into it, but, um, I was like on all fours and I had my eyes closed, like on all fours, like a dog. And I, in my mind's eye, so like how, when you're going into a wild, you can see like the images and shit. I can see this fucking, this orb of light in my mind's eye and I got this message saying that that essentially that it was Fidel because he was the light of my life and I would ask this I would ask this thing questions and the orb would like move up and down for yes left and right for no and as it was doing that I could also feel my body start to shake on its own like like do this for no and then do this for yes and then basically what happened was uh, I asked the the thing if Fidel was my soulmate and my body started moving on its own left and right for no. And then I could see the orb, it kind of 
formed an outline of Fidel and he was like doing the same thing. But then on the left side of my brain, I heard twin flame. And going back to what you had said about uh, the, the demon nurse, mm-hmm. a few years back, this was before I'd actually met Fidel, before I found Fidel. Uh, I was working on a short film. We were, there was this woman that I met there who was very, very spiritual and very woo-woo, as I, as I say. Um, much more than I was at that time. And uh, she was talking to me about soulmates and twin flames. And my understanding of it at that time was that twin flame, twin flame, twin flame was, uh, twin flame was less significant than soulmate. And so when this, when I heard from my left side, say twin flame, I could feel my ego part, like resisting that and being like, no, I don't want that. Like yeah, I want Fidel is a soulmate. I want a soulmate. I want a soulmate. And I was like resisting it. I fucking pass out. The weed, the edible got to me. But then the next day I Google twin flame versus soulmate. And twin flame is actually more significant than soulmate. It's like essentially the other half of you. Um, is what like the Google, the Google webs broke it down as. But everything that it described was exactly how I felt with Fidel like every moment like the very first moment I, I saw him there was like this fucking sense of I know you I've been waiting for you like this I don't know how else to describe it it was just something that like I felt immediately and the bond that I had with him and the bond that I still feel with him even though he's not in his fucking body anymore yeah supersedes everything so when you're talking about the spirit and the soul and like do you have some sort of higher connection with your family and everything I think that's absolutely the case um, I think that, like I said, it's a roll of the dice in terms of who your family might be and what your relationships and the physical form might be with them in this incarnation. But I think what we are is far greater than the three-dimensional version of ourselves that we are right now. I think if that's all we were, if all we were were these three-dimensional versions of ourselves, it would be it would be pointless. And for all I know, it probably is pointless. I mean, I've always considered to be a giant, you know, circular machine, just constantly doing the same thing over and over again with slight variances each time. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think it's pointless. Otherwise, like it just. Why even live? Why even live? Yeah. And like, why even have the, the feeling of wanting to accomplish, you know what I mean? Like all, all living things have something that it tries to do. You know, the plant tries to reach for the sun to feed, you know, the animals we try to eat and breed and have babies. You know, why even why would we have that need and that drive if it was all pointless, you know? Right. Like we only mimic the universe, you know, as 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 everything. Everything mimics the universe, you know, what it's doing. So the fact that we have drive and the fact that we have dreams and goals and hopes, that means the universe itself has drive and it, it has dreams and goals and hopes, you know? Mm-hmm. that's the only way I can think of it you know and then like even people who don't have dreams and goals and hopes they're usually not born that way it's usually because they've been stepped on so many times that you know those dreams goals and hopes go away so then the dreams goals and hope become I just want to die or I just want to destroy you know, it's all very interesting things in general man uh, I can talk about this shit for hours bro you know me <laughs> yeah. you know we'll probably end up and by probably I mean we're definitely going to have to do future episodes with you man because i know that you've got a a plethora of experiences not just in the the lucid stuff but also in the psychedelic realm and fucking just in life man and my podcast is really even superseding the stuff with the lucid dreaming which obviously is where i'm hitting the ground running with everything because it's such a passion of mine Mm -hmm. but really 
I feel like a lucid life is more or less about being lucid and being aware of what this whole existence is and that people can, like I said earlier, it's not just a left and right, a red and blue. It's about we're all humans and that we can all evolve past whatever our yes. our current ways of viewing ourselves in the world are because I fucking get that. And we all like people keep saying like, oh, how can we come to a perfect world when we choose to? Yeah. But the world is ran by people, you know, not the billionaires, not the military, you know, by people. And the and the billionaires, the military are people just like us, no matter what happens. Yeah. We all chose to say, you know what, today I'm gonna go outside, I'm gonna grab every homeless person I can fit into my house and feed them and close them and bathe them and try to help them. If everybody in the freaking world went out and said, I'm going to go out and do for other people, the world would literally be better. Take, but there's no law to stop racism. There's no, no rule to prevent homelessness. You know, there's, there's no committee of people who can decide the fates of the rest of the world. The only people who can decide that are us. We have all the power. And if we so chose, we could do it, you know? Yeah, And I say that as a person who has yet to even make that choice to do 100% of what I can for everybody else, you know? Right. Like, I understand that it's a hard thing to do, especially if you're only going to do it by yourself, you know? Or even if you decide to be the first person in hopes to get the momentum going, how long will you be that only person doing it, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, before other people see you and you're like, oh, I want to help too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see, man. It would, it would be great if this podcast could be one of those, like, little little pebbles in the whole bridge that helps get that thing going on, you know? And that's what I think it's going to take, man. Just little pebbles, you know, a bunch of little pebbles making little ripples in that lake until they all just connect. And then everybody, everybody, no one has a choice, but to feel those little pebbles create waves of change, you know? 100, man. Well, dude, I appreciate talking to you, man. It's always fun. It's hey, likewise, great. brother. Do you, have anything, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Any social media, any upcoming events or anything? Not right now, nah, man. I'm just like I'm just focused on trying to get my own stuff done, and I'll plug it when it needs to be plugged. You know, for sure. All right, brother. I love you, man. I appreciate you, and we'll definitely do this again. Much love. You have a good one, man. You too. Oh, one more thing I was wanted to say. uh, I wanted to talk to you about before we uh, log off was about Fidel, Um, because I remember how you found Fidel. You know, he was in a tough spot. You were in a tough spot. So I wonder who was Fidel before he was Fidel. You know, I don't know, what part of the journey was it for him to have unconditional love that you gave him? You know what I mean? I wonder how he was able to move on in his next life, you know, or when his consciousness spread throughout the universe or whatever happened next. I wonder how did your interaction with him change that? You know what I mean? And I hope, and I'm pretty sure it was a positive one for him. I hope so, man. Um, that's That's pretty much what, you know, I feel like I'm kind of indebted to him and the universe and part of part of why I try to push myself as hard as I do every fucking day is because the before I actually got him out of there I remember fucking being with him and I would visit him for I would try to visit him as much as I could while he was at that fucking auto repair shop Mm -hmm. and I remember one of the visits that I went I think it was like the third or fourth maybe might have even been the last before I got him out I, I remember him being up against the fence and me like putting my arms through the fence and just holding him and looking up at the sky. And I don't remember if I said it out loud or if I thought it, but I said, I would give anything to know what it felt like to hold him without these bars in between us. And 
all right, man, that's enough. Shit. Yeah. And then it fucking, it, it fucking happened. Like, and he, he's one of the biggest things that taught me that the, uh, that the universe is alive and that it's listening and that we can affect great change when we decide to do it. And he brought about the biggest changes in me while he was here. He's brought about the biggest changes in me since he's gone. And I feel like I'm indebted to him and the universe for allowing me to know what that shit felt like. Cause I yeah. said, I would give anything to know what it felt like. And so I have yet to give everything but that's what I feel like the rest of my life, however long that's going to be here, that's what I want it to be about is showing and putting in that effort to show him and to show the universe that I fucking meant what I said and I will do whatever I can to make this place better, you know, so that he's proud at the end of it all. Yeah, man, it's good. All right, dude. All right, brother. I love you, man. We'll talk soon, okay? Me too, man. Say it, man. All right. All right.